I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. We are back for another TRB Reviews episode, and on Monday again as well. Oh my gosh. Hope you can start your week right with some spoilery reviews of Star Trek Picard. Gotta tell you, we're having so much fun bringing you these bonus review episodes. So what do you think so far? Do you want us to do more of these review type episodes? Uh, gee, thanks, Data. Let's rock it. Well, my goodness, it's time to talk Picard. P-P-I-C-A-R-D. Picard. Picard. Jean-Luc. Mr. Picard. The man. Walks erect. (laughs) He's a spry old lad. You know how many comments I had about that? He walks erect. (laughs) That has been a lot of text messages and other things. (laughs) That's going to become a meme now. Oh, maybe you know what? That's what we should title the next episode. This today's episode, he walks erect. Welcome to the Real Brian Show. TRB reviews episode here with the Real Brian and Captain Influence. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us here on a lovely Monday. Hope you're having a great Monday so far. I mean, you woke up, so it's already half good, right? Yeah, you're and alive. You live in paradise. Dang presumably. It. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. Just remember what you have. That's true. You know what's so interesting to me? Total side note. I got to throw this one out. Sarah and I like to watch the TV show The Prophet with Marcus Lemonis. Really good show, yeah. by the way. He owns Camping World and, you know, he's a, he's a full-on investor. Very successful dude. Well, he immigrated here uh, with his family. I, I think his family immigrated here and he had an opportunity to come to the United States. So he's not a full-on American, but I'll tell you what. Here's a guy who has worked incredibly hard in his life. In fact, he always talks about, you know, I earned this and I want to I want to model this and I want to show others and encourage others to earn things in their life too. To you know, he wants to be an example to others. It's really really cool, but here's a guy who's worked so hard to become so successful and he loves America. He is thankful for being able to live here in this country. And, you know, there's stuff that's been going on in the last few years. Not everybody's happy, but I just want to say that there's one dude right there who, as you put it, living in paradise, we got it good, and he appreciates he's it. He's walking erect in America, and, I mean, is he a citizen? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, then he's oh, a yeah. full-on American, yeah, Brian. but I'm what saying he wasn't, about? he wasn't born here in Montana. Some, <laughs> some, some of all of us, you know, have been born here in America, and we just don't appreciate what we got is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. How, how about that accent? Should we just do that? I, I can relate to that. <laughs> So let that be a beautiful example of someone who has come here. He's earned his way and he's thankful. So going to what you said, Captain Influence, be thankful for what you got. Let's talk Star Trek Picard. Bing! Bing! So here's the deal. I want to throw out a few follow-up notes on episode one because I went back and rewatched it. Actually, Sarah watched it and she enjoyed it too. It was great. We talked about the acid blood thing, the Romulan acid blood. Which? Was not blood. 
Exactly. This is what I saw. And I, you know, I kept going back and, and rewatching it. You could tell he very, very visibly bit down on something and then spit those contents out. So, you know, think of it like a, a cyanide pill that an agent might have or something like that to prevent from being captured and tortured and all that. And here's the other thing, too. As soon as he spit that, you see his own face start to dissolve. Now, another thing people were talking about was that they mentioned that there's no one else like data and everyone's like, what about lore? What about lore? Well, lore was first. He was a psycho murderous ad man. And by the way, lore had inferior components as per Dr. Noonien Soong in the episode titled brothers in season four of the next generation. Just wanted to throw that one out there. He talks about that lore doesn't have as advanced parts as data. So the truth is that there is no one like data. People are saying, oh my gosh, you know, there's these things and it's not like the next generation and it's, it's not real Trek. And there's a lot of things that I'm seeing like this. And I have some of the original next generation books. I'm going to let my nerd flag fly. Oh yeah. Big time right Boy, now. They wrote a lot of, a lot of those books. Holy cow. Yeah. There's so many Star Trek novels being younger. I was really into it. And one of the things I got was the Star Trek nitpickers guide to the galaxy. <laughs> which was this huge book of them going episode by episode on all these mess ups that they did in the episode. And That's it was, hilarious. it was really hilarious to be completely honest. It was meant to be fun. And it was like, you know, nobody can be perfect and no one was ever mad. Everybody just got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. Today, everybody gets mad. We don't get a good Not laugh. Everybody, out Brian, well, a handful of goofballs get mad and a handful of loud, the loudest. Yes, yeah, they, they do. Squawk the loudest. So the other thing that people have said concern wise is that there's there's bad science in Star Trek Picard. Well, that was another book that I have is the Next Generation Technical Manual. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have it. (laughs) And it's so funny if you actually read the introduction and all that the writers and they were also some of the creators of the Next Generation said that they tried to base everything in the manual and of course in Star Trek the Next Generation. They tried to base it as much on real science as possible. But it's science fiction. I'm just emphasizing the fiction part. So they said, well, the rest we had to make up. Yeah. Ironically, though, some of those crazy, fantastic inventions that they made up for the next generation, it actually inspired real science, real science thus then caught up. And now it's actual real things that we use today. We really can't judge bad science 400 years into the future because one it's fiction and two we really don't know yet so (laughs) let's just be honest all right i just wanted to throw that one out now on to episode two it starts off it's a flashback on mars where this whole event happens that kind of set this whole synthetic problem and ban and all that in motion and it's also happy first contact day i thought that was very interesting yeah, that was interesting. They, the opening scene I thought was really great. It showed you know the android revolution that they mentioned in episode one. And Brian, I want to mention this. I'm going to go back a little earlier than the intro. The uh, actual the show intro actually has a little short musical reference to the next generation at the very end of the, yes, of the intro. It does. And I thought of you. In the first episode, I just didn't really hear the music for some reason. It's almost like I was focusing too much on taking notes so that we could review this. And I was thinking like, you know, the music just was, eh, it was okay. Well, going back and, and rewatching episode one and just enjoying it. And I, I listened to the theme and I thought, this is actually good. Why, why did I have a problem with it? And then I heard that little Star Trek nod at the very end of it. And I thought, oh, there it is. There's a little theme. But I actually really enjoyed the music in the first episode quite a bit. And yeah. same with the second episode. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. 
So there you Continue. go. The the synthetic slash android. By the way, they they looked a lot like Data as far as the the whiter skin and the yellow eyes and everything. Yeah, but they definitely uh, had less. You could tell they hair. were less developed. <laughs> yeah, less hair. <laughs> they were definitely less developed than Data. You said you liked the first scene, but it felt to me very Discovery slash even J.J. Abrams like in its delivery. You know, like you even got the yeah, lens flares. That's interesting. I didn't. It didn't register on my radar or on my JJ Dar. JJ uh, Dar. <laughs> it didn't register on my JJ Dar enough, really, at all. I didn't notice it when I was typing out my notes. So I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Oh, hey, uh, I'm glad then. That means you enjoyed it. So that's important. Yeah. Okay. So they go past that first scene, and then of course we're back to Picard and his two peeps, which I still don't even know his name. Yeah. Laris is the woman, and I don't know what the guy's name is for some reason. It's just. We'll he's, figure it out because he's going to be a main character, continue to be a main character. They haven't developed him enough. Not they, yet. They need but to. But episode two definitely develops those two more. And we mm-hmm. find out that they're a faction of the Romulan. They were Romulan, by the way. I was right. Mm-hmm. They are part of the Tal Shiar, I think they pronounced it. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually uh, from the next generation, by the way. The Tal Shiar. Okay, yeah. yep. So Picard has two Tal Shiar. Former agents. Bodyguards, if you will. So that's interesting. Yeah. And, and by the way, for those of you who might not remember the Tal Shiar, there's an episode where Troy goes undercover as a Romulan agent. She basically impersonates the Tal Shiar. And I think this is interesting because I don't, I don't think that they did the Tal Shiar justice in the next generation. It just felt like Romulans who had a little bit more information and that was about it. Whereas the way that they described the Tal Shiar in Picard episode two, it's like, okay, now that makes a lot more sense. And that also yeah. too, you know, you see these crazy Romulan agents who are coming in and they've got all these amazing physical call them martial arts skills and they're doing all and, these crazy things. And and again, this is another thing that some haters were complaining about. But then as soon as you realize that they're they're a faction of the Tal Shiar, it's like, well, duh, <laughs> of course they have that training. That's a it's a no brainer. But they did bring up something. This is now new for us as TNG fans called the, the Jodvash. The Jadvash. Jadvash, which is a hello faction of the Tal Shiar, or maybe the Tal yeah. Shiar was originally based upon the Jadvash. It's still very mysterious. We don't know a whole lot yeah. about it. What they did say is that they're operating in pretty much all societies without regard sense. for treaty and respect of culture, etc. So right. it now makes sense as to why these guys are secretive and jumping in and jumping out and doing really bad stuff. And the Jadvash hate all synthetic life forms. That's their yeah. MO. She said a hate and fear and loathing for any synthetic yeah. life. So that's interesting. Why? 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 Well, maybe Spock. we'll find out why. why. I mean, I predict that a synthetic was involved somehow in the destruction of Romulus and, or at mm. least they believe that they were. And maybe that's oh, the origin of their hatred. Interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned that Laris is uh, very likely a former agent. Well, both of them are. Uh, mm-hmm. which is very cool to me. I thought that was neat. I thought that was kind of one of those, ooh, I can't wait to see where that goes. Yeah, and then you jump to the Borg Cube, the Romulan Reclamation Site. We actually find out that it's actually called the Borg Artifact Research Institute. So, okay, that makes a lot yeah. more sense. And it's not just Romulans there. It's actually, you know, there's humans there. There's Pretty all much everybody. Of, yeah. yeah, they're just there learning about stuff and researching the Borg and everything else, which I thought was really cool. What I found interesting was how much Soji admired the Borg. That was almost creepy. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an opinion about that, dude. <laughs> of, course, wait, of course, we're being we'll a synthetic. I guess we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, maybe we'll see. that's that'll why. be interesting. Yeah, you're right. Good, data good, did too. Good, uh, tie-in. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good tie-in. Yeah, data yeah. also. Data also did not have. He was more fascinated by them than yeah, fearing of them. So, and they were fascinated with him too. So, oh yeah, mm, interesting. And her job on that artifact, she oversees like the deconstruction of of Borg and Is yeah, that right? analysis of their parts and. Yeah, all that good stuff. So it's almost like doing an autopsy, except it's like a Borg autopsy. So it's a scientific oh, and, and technological autopsy too. Yeah, and the Borg are totally disgusting, folks. Come on, that's, that's sick. That's just, just sick. Gross. What uh, they did to the human body was just crazy. Oh, it's just wrong. Well, okay. While we're in the Artifact Research Institute, there was a sign that I saw that I laughed at so hard, and it said, "This facility has gone five thousand eight hundred forty-three right. days without assimilation." <laughs> I was like, "That is amazing!" Without assimilation. We find out though that even though this, so this Borg cube, they still haven't told us which one it is. The thing that's interesting about it is that one, I'm laughing at this sign, but then they're saying that if you go into the quote gray zone. Even though that this Borg cube has been cut off from the collective, therefore they're no longer connected to the Borg and the Delta Quadrant and everything else, there are still drones on the Borg cube that can be activated and they could still try to assimilate just because they're functioning without orders and communication and all that. And, and they have these badges that if they turn green, you're supposed to run. Yeah, literally. They said I kept run. waiting for a badge to turn oh, green. I hope that happens. <laughs> I want to see these drones come crazy, come out. But they are actually trying to get the former drones and, you know, reintegrate them into their original species, you know, unassimilate yeah, them. That's what they said. But then when they actually showed, you know, her doing her work with those other people who are taking the arms and, and stuff off of them. It looked to me like they were just disassembling them. And, and I, I mean, I was like, how are they going to reassimilate that guy into humanity or whatnot? And well, he's, he's in parts. I think that was a dead drone. Okay. So I think they're, I mean, who knows for sure. It looked to me like they were doing autopsies basically on the dead drones. And then the ones that they find that are still alive, they're trying to unassimilate them. Yeah, I just want to see them show that at some point uh, well, because they, that's what she said they did and yeah. then they actually show something different. So They did show an unassimilated person. I don't know what species, but they were walking around and they had Borg implants on, but they weren't Borg anymore. Oh. So it was kind of a quick little impassing. You see the person, you know, so it, I don't know. And they talked about it. Right. Well, speaking of Borg implants, in one of the next scenes, Ooh. Picard is informed that he's in better than standard Starfleet physique. Which is walking awesome. erect. Yeah. But that the old Borg implant in his head is going to kill him. Is that what that was? You know, is that's that what, what I gathered. Ball? I wasn't 100% sure without going back and yeah, watching, but that's what I gathered. I don't feel like they came right out and said it. Or if they did, I didn't hear it right. But that's the implication. Which makes sense. Yeah. And which also makes me wonder, okay, this could be a potentially large story arc for Jean-Luc in this show. Multiple seasons. Yeah. Is this actually going to kill him or is he going, is it going to be like something that it gives him a a special power? You know, maybe it'll connect him to Soji at some point. Maybe the Borg's technology will come and heal him. I mean, there's all kinds of potentially cool things that could happen with this. I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm really glad that they brought that in to the story because yeah, it's like we couldn't remove all the implants. They told him that after his assimilation as Locutus of Borg. And so it's just like, "Mm, okay, we'd love to see where this goes someday. And now we're going to see, you know what Picard also said that I I found to be hilarious was that he didn't understand. He didn't get science fiction is what he said. That's right. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) That whole thing felt like a bit of a sop. I mean, it was just a, uh, like a, like a tongue in cheek thing for him to say. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing, we, we got to talk about this one. When he comes in and he's got this meeting 
with the admiral and and he's kind of looking and he's like and what I was like and you are <laughs> uh, picard p-i-c-a-r-d jean-luc and he's like oh okay hello admiral didn't even know who he was and then the look he gave the guy when oh, he gave him a priceless. visitor badge <laughs> yeah so good oh geez well so now we're in this meeting he's having this meeting with admiral clancy i believe is what her name was Admiral yep. clancy the communicator that she was wearing and of course all of the other Starfleet personnel were wearing were the future communicators that they quote predicted in some of those future episodes throughout the next oh, generation. So that was very cool. Yeah. But what did you think about that whole little discussion with the Admiral? I thought Picard got told off hard. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of surprised and, and a little embarrassed for him how she chewed him out and, and up and down and basically left him speechless for a moment. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you on that. The one thing that she said that really, I mean, a one, it's so weird how upset I got about this. And I, I'm glad I got upset about this because, you know, we've talked about what has Star Trek stood for from Gene Roddenberry's vision. But growing up with Star Trek, you hear what the Federation stood for. And then she was talking about we had to make this decision and, you know, let the Romulans die. And, he, and Picard's like, the Federation does not get to decide whether or not species live or die. And she said, Yes, it does. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? Forcefully. Yeah. And I was like, wow, the Federation is really messed up right now. Really messed up. I'm okay with a little of a little tension here because even in the next generation episodes, there were dystopian moments because of alien influence, selfish people, something happened that caused dystopian moments within the Federation. And then it all worked itself out. So again, I hope that this is one of those things where, okay, we've got something going on here and, oh, we're going to see Picard save the day again and bring the Federation back to its, you know, original mission and glory. But that was really upsetting to me in in a really funny way. (laughs) I don't know why I was so upset, but then you find out later it evoked emotion. Yes, that is, that is uh, agreeable. Captain. My question is this is Admiral Clancy involved in this because I'm going to jump forward just a little bit because it really ties together. We see commander. O. I thought that was funny. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's a Commodore. Hello. She's right. Commodore. O. yeah. And she brings in Lieutenant Rizzo who Rizzo you find out is, uh, well, I mean we do because she, she has this little like hollow communication with Narek, which by the way, jumping back to Narek. the beginning of the episode yeah. and at the end of last episode, Narek is the Romulan who befriends Soji on the Borg cube and of Be course friends nudge well, nudge at the end of the first episode that right. yeah and then the beginning of the second episode you know he's uh he's on top of the whole they're mission and we're gonna say that yeah. he's on top of it <laughs> yeah they're an item well it turns out narik is uh obviously working with the tal shiar is what i'm the, I'm, Jod, the jodvash the jodvash jodvash and then rizzo yeah. is narik's sister in disguise as a human yes yes so that's interesting. And it sounds to me like Lieutenant Rizzo's team killed Dodge. Yes. That's what it sounded like. So Rizzo and Commodore O are in this together. So is Commodore a Romulan as well? She seemed very Vulcan to me, but I'm wondering if she, if she's a Romulan kind of impersonating a Vulcan, but it turns out she's in charge at part of the Tal Shiar as well. So then my, my quest is like a lot of like what's going on here yeah. is, is Admiral Clancy involved in this? Or is she just some crotchety old admiral? 
I feel like, and that's a good question. That's a really good question, in fact. Uh, and obviously, we'll find out eventually, but you just don't know right now. So mm-hmm. she did deny Picard's request for a small ship mm-hmm. to go looking for Daj's sister. Thinking and he was crazy, so now, too. Yeah. And so now he has to find someone to take him illicitly on his little quest. We get to see how that happens. Yeah, at the, the very end of the episode. episode. Yeah, that's true. And that comes out. The thing I'll mention, too, is the the complaints about the Federation being too dystopian, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. This actually would make a lot of sense because, like I said, in The Next Generation, there were some alien races who had influence over the Federation, which created a dystopian moment. Mm-hmm. And if the Romulans, especially the Tal Shiar, the Jad Vash, actually have infiltrated Starfleet and the Federation, which it looks like it has, right. by the way. Clearly. Well, well, then, of course, it's going to be causing some major stupid screw ups and a lot of problems. And of course, it's going to cause a dystopian moment here. So it makes complete sense if it's truly being infiltrated the way that it looks like. Yeah, that kind of justifies what they're doing with this dystopian, you know, slant. Yeah, it's getting more interesting. The only issue I had with this episode, the only issue was that some of the acting by Patrick Stewart was a little bit shaky. I noticed one scene where he it's like he just didn't own his lines or something like that. It was near the end of the episode where he was saying to his friends, I've got to find a ship or or see, he says something like that. And the way he said it came off as really amateur. It was really weird because God knows Patrick Stewart is nothing close to an amateur. It just came off that way. So, so I don't know what was going on there or if it was edited weird. I don't know. But aside from that one moment and maybe a couple of other minor ones, it's all good. All good so far. Good. There was a, one of the thing I'm going to throw out really quickly is, is, you know, Picard meeting with Agnes was talking about data and how Bruce Maddox is using data's neurons to construct positronic brain. You know, I went back and I rewatched that episode called offspring where data creates lol. And, mm-hmm. you know, he talked about the same kind of thing. He was at uh, some kind of a conference and he talked about using his neurons and mapping lol's brain right after his own brain. And, you know, lol was much more human looking, even though she didn't survive. So it's like this really is falling right in line with what they did in the next generation and what data had originally done with lol. It's just Bruce found a more successful way to do it. And to clarify one thing, he, he was trying to get a ship to take him to find Bruce. Is that right? Or yes, yes, yes. That's right. was, okay. So I misspoke earlier. Well, he wasn't looking for a Dodge's sister. Per yeah, se. she, he was too. He I mean, was looking she, for Bruce. And Soji. Yeah. 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 So I well, keep forgetting her name. Goji Berry, but Soji, Soji Berry. Ah, yes. Just okay. remember that. You'll never forget it now. What's a goji berry? Uh, look it up. It's really good. Good for <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> okay. Tastes good. A couple of quick wrap ups for me. Episode one felt very TNG like, but episode two felt discovery and Abrams like. So hmm. I'm not a big fan of that. I actually preferred episode one better with that TNG feel and didn't like episode two as much because of they just changed things. The feel of it was different. Huh. I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, but I liked episode one more for sure. But here's the uh-huh. thing, man. There was another big complaint that I had here, and and I know I'm not alone in this one, and this one did kind of shock me, was the profanity. If you remember in Star Trek Four, the voyage home, i.e. Kirk, mm-hmm. and, Kirk and Spock days. The humpback whale. Yeah, movie. they go back go in time. Yeah. So they go back to 1986, and everybody's cussing and all that, you know, and Spock starts asking Kirk, like, what's going on with all these colorful metaphors? Kirk's reply was, is that, well, that's just simply the way they talk. Like you can't get anyone's attention unless you swear every other word. (laughs) Well, 
Okay, that alone has insinuated throughout the years of Star Trek that cussing, like humanity evolved past cussing. Right. So to have profanity in this is not at all in continuity with the Star Trek world that they've created or Star Trek universe that they've created, which frustrates me actually quite a bit. Could this be another bit of fallout from the whole infiltration, the crumbling from within, and that's one of the symptoms? It's possible. So here's the thing. Back on Mars, one of the humans cussed, and that felt like, eh, okay, that was not okay with me. Now, Laris was the second person to cuss, which, okay, so she's Romulan. Romulans, maybe they didn't evolve past cussing, whatever. I don't know. So we can explain that one away. And then Admiral Clancy cussed. And I thought, okay, well, if she's human, there's a problem. If she's not, if she's actually part of the Jod Vash and she's a Romulan as well, but then, okay, I can explain it away. But my point is, is that they just didn't do it in original Star Trek because they had evolved past it. They had moved past that kind of stuff that they felt was beneath what humans yeah. were capable of doing. So to hear it was kind of a slap in the face as a, as a longtime fan. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not okay with it. Remind me, Brian, what I'm so desensitized to stuff like that, that yeah. I don't remember what they did in this case. What, what words did they say? Beginning on Mars, there was an S word and then there were two F words. Um, one was from, <laughs> Oh, okay. Which again, shocking. And especially like, well, Admiral yeah, Clancy's a, was like forceful right in your face. And you're just like, right. Wow, yeah, that, that is. And, and, but it did have an impact though, especially on, on me when I watched it. I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't thinking that deeply in terms of the Star Trek sure. foundation. You know, I don't appreciate tons of that stuff, but that strategic use of that word where it was used made me sit up and go, yeah. oh, she's serious. Which yeah. is what it was meant to do. And, but at the same time, I mean, if they're throwing it in because, hey, it's 2020 and, you know, we want to make yeah. this a mature rated show and we just want to kind of right. get with the times. Well, the showrunners are, are idiots at that point. I'm sorry, but they're, they're horrible idiots if that's what they're doing. Now, if you're pulling and it in because they of, might be doing that, dude, <laughs> and in which case they need to be punched in the face because that's not Star Trek. I'm sorry, but get back I, on track. I, no, I'm going to get angry on this one because this is yeah. wrong. Right. But if they're not, if they're doing it in a way that we're representing the dystopian nature of where the Federation has gone uh-huh. in order to bring it back to its glory, I can get behind that, even though I don't want to hear it. I can get behind that because that Admiral is clearly not representing the Federation. Laris isn't even human. She's, she's Romulan. And then I don't know what happened on, on Mars and what that was all about, but I just don't want them to say, let's make it cool. And like, let's make it relevant because it's 2020. Let's make it edgy. Yeah. Come on. Just don't even go there. So that was one thing that I, it's not even a negative. It's I'm angry about it and very much like justified to be angry about it because of the fact that was not part of the purpose. So Anyway, that's my that's my main negative. My other one was just like the whole Discovery Abrams feel, which really isn't. It's not a deal breaker. It's just more of like, eh, eh, I didn't like it as much. I like the TNG feel that episode <laughs> one had better. But that profanity thing was just completely wrong. And I, whether well, you like profanity or not, that pissed me off. So Yeah, no, um, I, and, I, and I totally understand your reason. We'll just cross our fingers that they don't overdo it. And hopefully not again. Uh, this conversation reminds me of The Expanse season four, which I'm currently watching. And... One of the main characters in that show, Christian Avasarala, UN General Secretary. Oh, yeah, yeah. In season four, she is F-bomb central. And that's, to me, that's awesome because and only because in the books, that's what she did from the very start of, of book two was she just cussed all the time. That was part of her weird, quirky charm. That, that's part of her personality. She can't not say an F word in a sentence. 
<laughs> that's one show because you told me that and I've never read the books, but you told me that and that's one show where I still don't want to hear it personally. That's me personally not wanting to hear it, but that's uh-huh. one show where I just ignore it and move on because it was written into the books and it was intended that that character was like that on purpose. Yeah. And that's fine. We but, mentioned on our Witcher review a while ago that, you know, they cuss in the Witcher and I thought that just didn't fit the universe that they created fit. and it was At bizarre all. to me. But here's the thing, whatever, right? That's I don't know the Witcher universe. It just didn't feel like it fit, but with the Star Trek universe, it's purposely been omitted and there was a reason for it that right. was actually explained in a movie. And that's why I have a problem. So much of a problem with it is because they've yeah. gone against the vision and the purpose. And it's almost like the writers and the showrunners right now. It's almost like, did you even watch the show as they would say in galaxy <laughs> quest <laughs> <laughs> morons? Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for episode three though. One way or the other, yeah. I'm still excited to see where the show goes and, and definitely going to keep watching and, and reviewing this. So yeah, Hope good show so far guys. Yes. Let us know what you think about the show. And you can go over to realbryanshow.com slash 199.5. And yes, that's because episode 200, which we had to save for a regular Friday episode, is coming this Friday. We talked about this on Friday. Want to hear from you. Email, text, voice messages, anything. Please tell us some of your favorite memories of The Real Brian Show. Things you've loved, things you've hated. Get funny. Have a good time. But we'd love to hear from you. It does not need to be crazy. You can make a 10-second comment. I don't care celebrate with us this friday we're gonna have a good time but you know what the music means oh baby oh behave <laughs> yeah thanks Pretty for good. joining us uh thank you thank you uh thanks captain influence thank you it was me. fun it's it's only monday man have a great week enjoy your week get over the hump of the week come back on friday to end your week right thank you so much for joining us here we, we so appreciate it the real brian show is signing off the real brian show is a production of 514 media at 514mediaempire.com